Love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. What lies do you believe about love? I'm Zara Hairston, an author, relationship, and mindset coach who helps those mistreated and struggling with toxic attachments to set boundaries in unhealthy areas so they can maintain their personalized emotional growth goals. Welcome to my podcast, What Kind of Love Is This?, where I uncover common deceptions that lead us to accept what isn't even love. Brought to you by ZaraHairston.com. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling or therapy. It is intended for informational purposes only. Hey, Truth Tribe. Did you live and love in the whole truth and nothing but the truth? That means not living in a lie. Since we last talked, Welcome back to a new week where you can find motivation to move forward stronger or try again if that was not the case since the last episode. The last Sunday in September, we talked in real time via the What Kind of Love Is This After Show Live and that show was such a good one. If you didn't see it or watch it, please go and watch it. And thank you to those who came through and shared their stories and comments. It really helps to make the experience more fruitful. So again, if you missed it, please go back and watch the replay on my YouTube channel, uh, ZaraHairston.com, or listen to the audio version on any podcast platform and catch a new after show live every fourth Sunday at 1.30 Eastern time on my YouTube channel. As always, you can find the link to subscribe in the description to this episode. I also wanted to let you know that I've started doing live video workshops. And the first workshop, the Mind Over Matter workshop, go to ZaraHarrison.com slash workshops to look at the description, is now at capacity in just one day the same day I announced it to. You are registered for every available spot, which is so very dope. And I look forward to seeing and working with those who registered in that group next week. But in case you missed it, note that I announced this type of opportunity to patrons first, then my email list, and finally to the general public. So if you wanted to register, and you already saw it on Instagram or YouTube and you went and you saw that it was at capacity, you might wanna get on my email list or become a patron so that you will get priority access. So please consider becoming a patron on Patreon plus subscribing to my email list so you don't miss out. And like I said, can get priority access to future episodes. Now, The lie we're going to deal with today is, I can't let them go. And by the time you finish this episode, I hope you realize that your unrelinquished hold on an unrepentant person may be because of a savior complex. And because you're not a savior, you may actually cause more harm to you both by holding on. First, however, let's talk about some key terms so I can make that make sense. Cause you might've heard that and been like, what? 
I mean, I get part of that, but what you mean savior complex, like unrelinquished hold? Like what you talking about? Let's talk about some key terms so I can make that statement make sense. Let's start with codependency. That's the first term you should know. A codependent person is someone who assumes responsibility for meeting another person's needs, but not just meeting their needs. Because, you know, often if we love someone and they have a need and we can meet it, we want to try and meet that. No, 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 no. A codependent person does not do that. A codependent person doesn't just want to meet the healthy needs of someone. They assume responsibility, responsibility for meeting another person's needs. How? By prohibiting themselves from acknowledging their own needs and feelings. And even often feeling worthless unless they are needed by the very person abusing their care and love. Additionally, codependent people might refer to themselves as a victim of an abuser or toxic person, yet at the very same time have an exaggerated need to defend that abuser or toxic person. That is codependency. Remember the term. The second term you should know is savior complex. Now, someone with a savior complex has a nearly insatiable need to save people by fixing their problems. Fixing their problem, not your problem, their problems. An insatiable need to save people from their problems that they try to fix for them. And codependency left uncorrected only leads that codependent person to develop or if it was already there, reignite an unhealed savior complex. Leaving them to only feel good about themselves when helping someone whether they're toxic or not, and often believing it is their God-given purpose to help this specific person. So much so, they exhaust themselves trying to fix a person who only leaves them burned out or poisoned by the toxicity of the situation. So when I say that, your unrelinquished hold on an unrepentant person may be because of a savior complex and because you're not a savior, you may actually cause more harm to you both by holding on. Remember those two terms, codependency and savior complex as you listen to the rest of this podcast episode. It will help you understand what I mean as we go through it. 
Trauma in childhood is so common. We often don't realize it's the very thing destroying who we are as adults. To move past it, we have to go back to where it began. It came to pass, book one, in the beginning. Visit itcametopass.com for more information. That's it came the number two, pass.com. How do we end up in a codependent relationship and acting out a savior complex? In many cases, it's because we're spiritualizing toxic love as Yah's love. Not realizing that making toxic love out to be Yah's love is actually robbing Yah of his glory. Why? Because it's not actually what he calls love. And since he is love, he gets to define what love is. So again, we end up in a codependent relationship often and acting out a savior complex often in many cases because we are spiritualizing toxic love as Yah's love. We're calling something love that ain't love. We're calling something that's toxic, that hurts, that's actually abuse, that is opposite of Yah, that ain't him, not what he said, ain't really what we think it is, manipulated, gaslit, into believing that what we're doing is honorable, righteous, and it's not Yah's love. We're making toxic love out to be Yah's love, not realizing we're actually robbing Yah of his glory in doing that. Because it's, like I said, not actually what he calls love if we're not being good stewards of our own wellness and instead only consumed with the wellness of someone else who threatens it. Quarantium Rashan, Hebrew for 1 Corinthians, and I could be saying that wrong, y'all. You know, I'm still learning the Hebrew words. Chapter 3, 1 Corinthians uh, is the uh, English word for it. Chapter 3, verses 16 through 17 in the separate version says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of Elohim and that the Ruach Elohim dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of Elohim, him shall Elohim destroy. For the temple of Elohim is holy, which temple you are. So we must take care of our temple inside and out. This is one of the things that concerns me a lot. Um, especially when I was in the Christian church where, um, this scripture wasn't lived out. People are not being taken care of inside and out of that building and a person. It's, it baffles me how many people are abused and it's allowed or even encouraged as some kind of righteous act when it's really self-righteousness or a savior complex and not really love like we talked about 
And when we're in those types of types of situations, we need to create space so that we don't continue to be abused. Whenever there's a situation that threatens us from caring for our own soul and temple, we need to be mindful about what Yah says when it comes to caring for this temple that he gave us. Even Yahusha would go away. That's some separation, that's some distance, that's a boundary. And care for his soul when necessary. Go read about it. So soul care is connected to spiritual health. Read the book of Marcus or Mark around chapters 1 through 3. Matitahu or Matthew chapter 13 through 16. Lucas or Luke chapter 9 and 11 and others. Yahusha also said no to people. Some something that um someone who has a savior complex has a hard time doing. They don't know how to say no. They feel bad or guilty for saying no. But Yahusha also said no to people and even walked away from some. Yes, it's in the word. For example, check the book of Marcus or Mark when it says he did not perform certain miracles and why. Another reason someone might end up in a codependent relationship and acting out a savior complex is because they're highly empathetic. Not to be confused with pathetic, even though an abuser sees them as pathetic because they're able to get over on them by abusing them. But highly empathetic, empathetic, what some refer to as an empath. And so they have a natural instinct to always pour out, give and even overgive because they are hard lovers. That's why highly empathetic people in particular must recognize the need to set appropriate boundaries with takers or abusers or toxic people because they can smell an empathetic person a hundred miles away. If an empathetic person is not careful, that taker will have them constantly feeding the toxic relationship so it stays that way. So it stays that way. What do I mean by feeding until it stays that way? Well, ask yourself, what happens when you keep feeding, say, a lethal snake? It grows stronger, right? Strong enough to attack and possibly, most likely, kill you. So you could be feeding that lethal snake what it needs to take you out without even realizing it. But what if you starved that snake? It would become weak and too weak to attack or kill you in the end, eventually. Likewise, instead of feeding a taker, who will only get strong in their toxicity to turn around and harm us, we must starve the sin in them with appropriate boundaries so we weaken the power of sin they try to cast over us. How's it going so far? In the midst of that toxic relationship you might be dealing with, whether it's your parent, spouse, coworker, family member, whoever it may be, is this podcast filling you up with strength and encouragement to face it with a healthier outlook? Do you want to show your support? 
If so, I just wanted to stop for a moment and remind you that you can support this free podcast when you order from my shop, send a gift, or become a monthly patron. Your support not only helps you, but others, including myself. So if you find value in my content and it helps you grow, please consider showing your support. Find the links in the episode description. Thanks so much for your consideration. Now, back to the episode. When we feed toxic people, and what do we feed them with? Toxic love that is quote unquote love that is actually not love. We starve them of feeling the consequences of their own sin. It's wages. And that's not Yah's love because that's not helping them move away from the habit to sin or toward a lifestyle of true repentance. We don't want to spiritualize toxic love as Yah's love. We don't want to enable toxic people to get stronger and better at being toxic. If we find ourselves doing that, whether we realize it or not, we're probably trying to be their savior and doing a horrible job at it because there's only one true savior who did his job in that department already. That's why it's important we're careful about not robbing Yahusha of his role as savior, robbing him of his right to be found by and truly desperate for his help to not go on sinning. Yah forbid. Like the King James version of Romans 6, 2 says, your boundaries can help that toxic person truly find Yah so they can change through true repentance. Yes, it is a challenge to set and stick to those boundaries. But often some people only change and grow to live for Yah genuinely, not just the appearance of it, when we get out of the way. See, when we insert ourselves as a savior, the relationship only further shifts off balance, becoming as lopsided as a seesaw with two disproportioned people. And that lack of balance isn't healthy for you because it endangers your soul, nor is it healthy for them because it gives them what they perceive as a license to go on sinning. And Yah doesn't force repentance either. So neither can we. Instead, when someone continues to hurt and sin against us with their unrepentant heart, we must see that for what it is to prevent ourselves from living a lie with and for them. There simply comes a time when after petitioning Yah, fasting even, counseling and years gone by that we need to surrender unrepentant people to Yah fully and stop playing savior. Do you think Yahusha's slow death was easy to experience from the outside or being the one that it's happening to? No, not at all. It was so terrible. He cried out asking why he had been forsaken. It was that bad. But even that did not remove the quote unquote cup from Yahusha so he could get out of it or cause Yah to stop it because it hurt too much. 
and Yahushua wasn't even a sinner. How much more then must we not remove the quote unquote cup or step in for the unrepentant when it's necessary? Other stories in scripture also show people having to be released and not rescued too. Like the prodigal son, Judas, the rich young ruler, and so forth. Go read them and note that each story had a different result based on what? Repentance. The prodigal son came back home repentant. Judas ended up killing himself. But look at what he did before he killed himself. Go read it. The rich young ruler refused to obey unrepentance in his heart and went on his own way. But in all of these stories and more, the unrepentant were not chased or held down or held back. They were released. Are you giving that toxic person room to be released? Or are you constantly trying to hold them down with a codependent savior complex? And if it's the latter, how's that working out for you? I know it's not evident to the natural eye, but I bet you're emotionally bruised up everywhere and even pretty exhausted to a point that's actually very ugly. Listen, if they're still unrepentant, even after petitioning y'all, fasting, counseling, and years gone by, you might need to consider what even Yah, Yahusha, and other biblical figures often had to do. Release. And know the results aren't your responsibility. It's up to them. You might need to work on healing a codependent savior complex instead. Because after all, what kind of love only needs you if you need their abuse? Remember, love doesn't lie or expect you to live one. I'm Zara Hairston, sending you the comfort of truth. Do you need more individualized support to identify, overcome, and prevent toxic attachments? Your need and my expertise might just be a match. Go to ZaraHairston.com slash coach me to find out. Yeah, bless. Thanks for enjoying this podcast. 